Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. Landerholm, I'm the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream, and welcome, welcome to another episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. All right, today we're talking about immigration law, everybody. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about, hey, my tourist visa was denied, what can I do about it? All right, this happens very frequently, every day. And so, um, so let's talk that through, all right? So welcome, and if you're joining right now on Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, thank you so much for being here. The date is the 27th of April of 2023, and so welcome. Thank you for being here. So here at the Empowered Immigrant Live, we are here to train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to make the most out of immigration laws and to make the most out of their lives, all right? So today our theme is my tourist visa was denied. What can I do about it? And my question for you is, you know, do you want to apply for immigration benefits this year? Do you want to get a green card this year? Is this year your year? Because if so, go for it, all right? Go for it. I'd love to help you with that. My firm is on a mission to win 10,000 immigration cases in the next 10 years, and we would love for your case to be one of them. All right. So thanks to everyone who asked their questions, and we'll we'll um, I'll start with an empowerment tip, like which I like to do, and then I'll jump right into the legal topic. But if you have questions um, as I go, then send them over because uh, we'll have plenty of time to answer questions. Okay. So um, my empowerment tip for today is really for business owners, right, or for people even that are cons- considering starting a business. Like, if you're considering starting a business, go for it, all right? Go for it. Do it. For me, personally, owning a business has taught me more about myself, given me more awareness of what I'm capable of than anything I've ever done before, okay? It's forced me to improve my communication skills, my personal habits, my ability to focus on what matters most, And those three things, like if you are a business owner right now, and if you're struggling, my message to you is if you've already got a business, which many of our clients do, if you're struggling, my message to you is, hey, look where you could up-level your communication skills or your personal habits or your ability to focus on what matters. Those three things and if you, if you really look at improving your skill set in each of those, you could take your business to the next level, all right? Now, how to do that maybe is a topic for a deeper conversation, maybe for another day. But I love working with immigrant business owners, and we have a lot of clients who own their own businesses, and so I just wanted to share about that. 
And if you're considering opening your own business or if you do already, hey, please let me know. I'd love to support you in any way I can. Okay? So uh, just that. Wanted to share that. Hope that's useful. Hope that's helpful. Um, if it was, let me know. If it wasn't, let me know that too. That's fine. So now I'm going to talk about tourist visas. And um, I'll start by just sharing. You know, I had a great friend of mine, a great friend of our firm, who was recently denied a tourist visa. She was wanting to visit her mom in the U.S. She was wanting to visit us in the U.S. just to say hello. And her visa was denied basically for no reason. And it makes me mad, everybody. It makes me, like, angry. Right? They can't, like, this... Anyway, this particular individual is like completely, uh, how can I say it? Solid, smart, capable, like understands the law, has a great, like there's no reason that they would have denied her, her visa, right? Not, not wanting to come and stay in the U.S. or anything like that. She wants to just come for like a two-week visit. And yet it got denied, and that happens, right? It happens so frequently, like every day frequently, that it's just like frustrating, okay? So I wanted to do this in her honor, and I wanted to do this for everybody, right? You probably know somebody that's applied for a tourist visa that was denied. And so let's talk about tourist visas, okay? Like what are they? How do you get one? Border crossing card, it's the same standard, right? Tourist visa is the same standard. ESTA is a little different. I won't get into that right now, okay? So a tourist visa allows a foreign national to get a stamp in their passport, a visa, visa in their passport to allow them to enter the U.S. for a temporary period, all right, for business or for pleasure. But for, if it's for business, you can't actually work in the U.S., but you could, for example, go to a conference, in the U.S. You could do some training in the U.S., okay, on a B-1, B-2 visitor visa. For, for pleasure, it's like for tourism, right? Go to Disneyland, go visit your family, go, you know, go see the Grand Canyon, something like that, and, um, and just kind of check things out, right? And you have to uh, commit to being in the U.S. less than six months. Um, and what I want to go through is I want to go through five... Uh, they're not legal requirements, but they are uh, things that I suggest documenting. These are things that I suggest documenting to improve your chances of winning a tourist visa. Okay, five. Ready? Number one, you've got to show you have a valid and lawful purpose or reason to visit the U.S. You've got to show what you're going to do in the U.S. Right, and that it's, uh, that you're not going to like work in violation of the tourist visa. You're not going to overstay the visa, which would be a violation. Like it's got to be a valid, lawful purpose for your visit. Pretty basic. Requirement number two is your visit should be must be for a specific duration of time, no longer than six months. If you go in with plane tickets, with a return flight in six weeks, that's great. Right, and you can go in with your itinerary. I'm on these days. I'm going to be here. On these days, I'm driving here. On this days, I'm here. 
I'm taking the train here, whatever it is, if you can show where you're going to be during your stay, it improves your chances of success. All right. Thing number three is you've got to show you're maintaining your residence in your foreign country, in your country. All right. And that you have no intention of abandoning, abandoning it. You know, show your, it might be your job, you know, show you have a stable job in your home country, right? Show you have a family or children or whatever in your home country that you're, you know, obviously you're going to go back to them. Number four, you've got to show strong ties, you know, to your home country. That's sort of the same thing, that, that you're not, you have no intent of abandoning your residence, but also that you're maintaining ties to your home country, okay? And five, you've got to show you've got sufficient funds, money, income for the expenses of your visit. Like how much is in your bank account? You've got to show, you know, it's wise to go to your visa interview and say, hey, this is how I'm going to fund my trip. Okay? Just that. Just that. Pretty, pretty basic. Um, the process for a tourist visa is pretty simple. You know, it's the DS-160. It's an online form. You go to an interview. At the interview, these interviews are short and sweet, all right? Or sometimes short and not sweet, depending on who the officer is. But they're quick. And you want to go in prepared. And I recommend people go in with the evidence in their hand and say, look, officer, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. Um, this is my plan. Please approve my visa. All right? So, um, so every year, millions of people get denied tourist visas. Like to give you an example, fiscal year 2022, according to Department of State statistics, there were 841,444 tourist visas denied. All right? And, you know, if you compare just B1, B2, you know, or B category visas versus all the others, you know, A visas for ambassadors and diplomats, F visas for students, E visas for investors, you know, on down the alphabet, U visas for victims of crimes in the U.S., all right? B visas, if you look at all of the visa denials from 2022, which there were 1,276,193 in total visa denials for the year, it's 65.9% of all visa denials were just related to the tourist visa, were B visa, tourist visa denials. It's like the vast majority of the visas that get denied every day happen to be about tourist visas, okay, which is frustrating, right? Um, like I believe in a country that welcomes people, that allows people to come and visit just kind of see what's going on in that country. And our country does do that. We issue a lot of tourist visas every year, but it's like we limit it, all right? We're so um, discriminatory, right, of who we allow to come into the United States. And in my opinion, it's unwise, all right? So uh, anyway, when you get a denial, what do you do? All right, you want to look at, they should give you some, something in writing, and it'll say under what section you were denied. Now, it might be 
The most common ones are Section 221G, right, which basically allows a consular officer to deny a visa to essentially anyone if they suspect that they're not really eligible for a visa. That's basically what 221G says. Or it might be under Section 214B, which 214B says that people are presumed to have immigrant intent, like they're intending to stay in the U.S. unless they prove and document otherwise. Okay? So you've got to come in and say, no, I'm not intending to move to the U.S. and to stay permanently in the U.S. I'm just a tourist, right? But here's the thing. If you have a denial under one of those sections, you should be able to reapply again in the future and overcome those issues if and when you have better facts in your life. Okay, now you've got children. Now you've got a more stable job. Now you've got a more stable situation. So now you've got better evidence. Now you can apply for the tourist visa again with better evidence and hopefully get it approved. Okay? Those two types of denials are less bad. They're better, all right, than denials under Section 212A, which 212A, I've talked about a lot, is the section that makes a person, quote-unquote, inadmissible. If a person's found inadmissible, that can cause a real problem forever, right? You might need a waiver, you know, maybe there was immigration fraud in the past, maybe there's certain arrests that are causing you to not be eligible for any visa, right? Um, 212A denials can cause problems for not just tourist visas, but other visa categories, marriage-based visas even. They can, they're, they're a more serious issue. So, um, so anyway, that's, that's really what I wanted to describe today, like pay attention to how, you know, if your tourist visa was denied, pay attention if they gave you that reason in writing, they sh they're supposed to, all right? 99% of the time, you are, like look at it, and it'll be a 221G or a 214B denial, right? And if that's the case, you'll be able to apply again. All right? Like, if, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again, right? 99% of the time, you can try again and just prepare the request better and explain your travel plans better and be prepared, be more prepared for the pushback from the immigration officer and try again. You can do that. All right? The best advice is to not do that immediately or right away. They'll probably just deny it again. Right? But if you give it six months, if you give it some time, if you put your evidence together and put your best case forward, you know, they should uh, listen to you. Um, and, uh, and, and if you're in that situation, really, I wish you the very best of luck. All right, that's my theme for today. Thank you for listening. I hope it was useful and helpful. If you're just tuning in, we've been talking about tourist visas, all right, and tourist visa denials and what to do about it. And so if you're joining on YouTube, hello, Facebook, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, like hello. Hello to everybody out there. All right? Thank you so much. So um, let's see. I received one question earlier today, and I think that's all that I've received so far. So if you have a question, let me know. I received a question from Caroline. Caroline, thank you so much for asking this. You say, uh, we filed a K-1 visa, an I-129F. All right, fiance visa. We got married within three months. 
but he didn't go to the interview to change his status to permanent residency, and he was denied and then was asked to leave the country. So husband left, and then we divorced, all right? And then after being married 15 years to his second wife, she tried to file to have his status changed. This is a long question, Caroline. <laughs> uh, to have his status changed, but was told that because she didn't file for him initially, that it can't be done. He has since divorced her and remarried for a third time. He has recently tried once again to have his status changed, but this time he was told the laws have changed, and I was the only person that could help him do this since I was the petitioner, and it doesn't make sense to me. I'm on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. He's married. I'm married. Um, and that attorney, that an attorney would tell him that the law has changed and that I should file an affidavit of support for a married man living with his wife. Like, I don't believe that attorney. All right. So please help me understand this. Okay. I got it. Caroline, thank you for asking this question. All right. Fiance visas are frustrating, annoying, and convoluted. Um, the attorney who advised your ex-husband, um, he's not wrong. Right? He's not wrong. Let me explain. So when a, when a fiancé visa holder comes in on a K-1, all right, they have 90 days, three months, to get married and file for their adjustment of status. Uh, he did that. I see that he did that. The problem is, is that, so that's good. The problem is, is that there is a regulation that says that the only person that a K-1 visa holder can adjust status through is the K-1 petitioner. Which means that his second wife, his third wife, any wife in the future will not be able to adjust his status. Period. It won't work. All right? But if that attorney had advised him well, it's like, okay, so you can't adjust status. What can you do? You can consular process. That's the way to do it. He needs a consular process. So don't adjust status. Instead, consular process. Well, but if he consular processes, he's going to need a waiver. Yeah, he's going to need a waiver. So this is a case. It's a consular processing with waiver. All right? My office does this all the time. We'd love to help your ex-husband with this. If my office could help him, we'd love to help him. All right? And so we can get to the bottom of that, make sure that there's no marriage fraud. doesn't sound like there is. And make sure that there's uh, uh, extreme hardship, because that's the standard required to win this type of waiver. It's an unlawful presence waiver. And then we can cause the process's case. So uh, anyway, hope that's useful. Hope that's helpful. Um, Caroline, thank you so much for asking it. And, um, and yeah, that is a, a winnable situation. You just got to file it through the right process. Okay. So um, that's all the questions that I got. Are there any other questions out there? Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, anybody? Going once, going twice. Sold. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's it. All right. Caroline, thank you so much for asking your question. Mom Tenant, thanks for joining here on Instagram. Max Alchemy, thank you for joining on Instagram. And Pichard Oletti. The three of you, I see you all on Instagram. Thank you all so much for being here there. Everybody on YouTube, Facebook, like, thank you. Thanks to everybody. TikTok, LinkedIn, I really appreciate it. 
Look, if you still have a question that you want me to answer, still send it in, right? I can upload a video about it or I can answer it live on our next episode. If this episode was useful, please subscribe to our channel in YouTube. Click that notifications bell when you do and you'll get a notification when we update, um, you know, upload a new video with new legal updates, news, things like that. So you can stay informed, all right? My goal is to keep everybody informed on what's going on and how it works. And if you have an immigration case or if you know somebody who has an immigration case, hey, please give our office a call. We are here to help and we would love to help. Um, that's, that's, that's what we do. All right, so thanks everybody. My name's Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC where we fight for your American dream. And I'll see you next week on our next episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. Thanks a lot. Take care.